Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I got to say, I'm still, I'm still not quite okay with the idea of doing nothing New Year's Eve. I'm not okay with it. I'm fighting it, even though I know I'm going to be asleep by 1230. Even though I know I'm going to be home just watching the ball drop. I'm not okay with it. And I should be because there's nothing better out there for me on the street, at a bar, at a lounge, whatever, at a club. I want to, and this is part of me, maybe just my history working in the music industry. We were talking about the fun that we had on New Year's Eve in years past, Tawala. I want, I guess, in theory, I would like to do more of that, but not really, because I know not only do I have work the next day, I just, I can't keep up like I used to. You don't want to go back. Maybe it's just there's nothing back there. It it just seems, though, so appealing, though. I wish I really wish I could party all night long, but I know I can't. And New Year's Eve was a night in which I would stay up most of the night, well into the morning, sun coming up. And I miss some things of that. I had some good times, some good New New Year's Eve. But I don't know. I don't know. I I don't want to. I here, here it is. I did not ever want to turn into that guy whose New Year's Eve was only sitting at home watching TV, watching quote-unquote Dick Clark, now it's Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to be that guy, but you know what? I am that guy. I love that guy. I love that guy. I love being that guy. The only thing that ever makes sitting at home watching the ball drop better is if you are with someone special who is also equally interested in just being at the house with you, watching the ball drop. And there is something to be said for that. Yes. I'm just saying that was a night in my previous years 
that I usually would be out. And each year, and we talked about it earlier in the week, like, hey, when are you going to start thinking about what you're going to do for New Year's? And I knew right then my ass is going to be in the house <laughs> watching TV. And then I, as we get closer to it, it's like, gosh, I've turned into the very person I didn't want to be. Now, I'm not saying, like, I turned into my father because my family back in the day when I was a kid, they still had, like, a house party. And I know Eric was talking about a house party. They would have a house party. People would come over. We would play cards. We would cook for the next day, mm -hmm. especially in black households. We'd be cooking black eyed black peas. Black eyed peas and greens. And greens, you know. Yeah. And black eyed peas were about good luck for the next year. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, even that would have been enough. Now, the other part of me is like, Mo, you just had 35 people in your house for Christmas. You don't want to. And dogs. And dogs, and yes. Dogs, yeah. So you don't want to have that again for New Year's Eve. But I'm just saying, I just want to do something. I don't know what, but I know it's not going to be anything because ultimately it's best that I stay my butt in the house. Mm. But I just don't want to watch TV. But in previous years when I was watching TV, because usually I'm working like I am this New Year's Eve, I actually look forward to the anchors on CNN, especially Don Lemon, getting super drunk and exhibiting really bad judgment. I like that. Why? Because it's almost like reality TV. It was the train wreck that you couldn't turn away from, and you knew that they probably shouldn't be doing it, but they did it anyway, and you knew that they were going to get a tattoo or say something which was ridiculous. And in terms of the buttoned-up world of cable news media, I actually like that. I actually like the train wreck. It was not good for the network, though. It no. wasn't good for the, for the personalities who were hosting it. But that wasn't my problem. I don't care if someone lost their job. If you get liquored up and get on radio or TV and you lose your job, that's on you, boo. That's, that's not having anything to do with me. So I like the possibility of someone getting fired for being drunk on the air. And I've known people who got drunk on the air who got fired. Yeah. yeah. I know. It, it, it is a real thing. And CNN kind of, with a wink and a nod, said, okay. But they turned a blind eye to it. That's because they saw the ratings, though. They, they, saw, the they ratings. saw ratings like they had never seen before. They were beating every other ball drop program out there because, you, like you said, you have these buttoned-up hosts who are all about business every other time you watch them. And then on New Year's Eve, they're drunk. They're saying Lord knows what. And you watch it because you want to see what the network is going to allow. What they're going to allow. Yeah. Now, as we know, CNN has new leadership, new direction. They've changed not only their programming, but also the expectations of their on-air talent still with the network. They let a lot of people go. And they made it very clear that they're not going to allow their anchors like Don Lemon or whomever else uh, to get boozed up on New Year's Eve. Boo. Now, all yeah, I can say boo. is I know I will not be watching. Yeah. Not that I was watching for news content, but you putting that out there in advance, I wouldn't have told anyone. Why would you announce that? To announce it is to say you should not tune in for that reason. You're also letting the competition know that they should take that on. Anyone else can say, you know what? We're going to go on and let our host get liquored up because they're not. We'll counter-program. Now, here's the truth. If you actually believe that the anchors were not drinking on some level, you are kidding yourselves. Mm. But they weren't getting drunk. I'm quite sure they had some champagne or maybe a drink here or there 
over the six hours that they're probably broadcasting. I would assume that. But to say explicitly they're not going to get drunk when that was the best part of the coverage, and you had Andy Cohen and and Anderson Cooper making quips about Ryan Seacrest, they got a lot of news coverage after about that. Yeah, they did. A lot of people tuned in just to see them say something really inappropriate. And I think that's why Ryan Seacrest has put it out there that he's really, really happy that they're not going to allow the drinking on CNN because he was targeted lots of times because he's like, well, I'm not going to drink. Well, he kept it straight. Here's the thing. And we've had this conversation before. Does the ball drop even matter anymore? Does it? Yeah. I, I don't know. And Ryan Seacrest, he's taken over for, for Dick Clark. And so the Rocket New Year's Eve is now Ryan Seacrest. And yeah, Ryan Seacrest can't have fun like other anchors. But, you know, life isn't fair. I have plenty of Ryan Seacrest stories that I can't tell. Life is not fair. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if someone took a shot at Ryan Seacrest on one occasion, okay, so what? You know, worst things have been said about Don Lemon and Andy Cohen, honestly. Yeah. So if anything, you know, he's a little thin-skinned when it comes to that. But can't tell all those stories. But for that to be the reason that people are tuning in to watch the liquored up hosts and guests and everyone, and maybe the performances, which are never really all that stunning. Never. But if you tune in for the liquor and now all you're getting is a straight laced, you know, almost anti-fun New Year's Eve presentation, why do you go to CNN? You wouldn't. Here's the thing. It is a night of partying. Who in their right mind is watching cable news on New Year's Eve? Can I chime in here, please? Please do. I miss Kathy Griffin because she made CNN fun on New Year's Eve. She was hilarious, and she got railroaded when, when they cut her off. I wish they would bring her back. Well, that's a part of the whole drunk quotient. It was a non-news affair. There's no reason to watch a cable news outlet close to midnight at all. There's no reason. That's why you brought in an Andy Cohen. That's why you brought in a Kathy Griffin. That's why you allowed the anchors to get drunk, because it was a festive atmosphere. No one really wants to hear about the January 6th committee of the latest findings, New Year's Eve. Not Sorry. festive, no. Sorry. No. That no one cares what's going on in political America at that time. No one cares what the president might be doing to ring in the new year. Nobody I love Kathy Griffin on the spot, calling stuff out as it's happening. She didn't have to be drunk. She was on fire every single time that she was on. And you watched it because of how she was making fun of of anyone that was on there that was drunk and just making us laugh with her. I root for the train wreck. Yeah. I root for someone getting drunk and, and, and falling down on stage while they're doing their quote-unquote news hit. I want that. And to take that away just means that I have no reason to watch. Not that I was tuning in to CNN to see CNN. I was tuning in because Don Lemon was getting drunk and hitting on people. That was funny to me. <laughs> I didn't see him hit on people. Mm, go back and check but the I've tape. seen him get uh, good and loaded on the air, though. That is funny to see. It's uh... funny. And to take that away. Now, I understand they want to make it a new CNN. I get all that. I get all that. But that I don't think they gain anything by taking the fun out of it.
there's a way that they could have done it and maybe put parameters where you can't get sloppy drunk, you can't go get tattoos, stuff that they've done in the past. They could have done that, but they chose not to. And so, you know, now it's just me and Ryan Seacrest. I wish Dan Rather would have gotten drunk on TV. Oh, I would have loved to have seen <laughs> like Mike Wallace. Yeah, the old the old timers. <laughs> that Walter Cronkite. <sighs> yeah, get Morley safer and extra brandy here. Come on. Wouldn't you want to see that? Yes. This is the John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It's getting spicy on Twitter. People are hitting me at Mr. Mo Kelly, M-R-M-O-K-E-L-L-Y. This comes from Justin Time 5619. I'll just call him Justin. At Mr. Mo Kelly. Interesting show on KFI, KFI, but I disagree with on where these diseases are coming from. This is in relation to the measles story about how some 80 children mostly unvaccinated in Ohio, have contracted measles. 29 have been hospitalized. That's for context. He goes on. You can't blame it on the people. I was talking about people and our feelings about vaccines have led to this. Blame it on the federal government with the southern border wide open. Blame 5 to 10 million illegal aliens from bring, for bringing measles, smallpox, polio to the U.S. Well, the polio outbreak was in New York, the state of New York. And this measles outbreak was in Ohio. I'm not exactly sure how migrants walking across the southern border only infected people in state of New York and Ohio. But the, but the story about the measles was in Columbus, Ohio. And last I checked, Ohio wasn't connected to the southern border. Maybe they walked across the southern border and they got on a plane and went directly to Columbus, Ohio, and infected everyone there. Maybe. That's possible, but that's not what the story was. It's also interesting, and I looked this up because I was just curious, um, how most of these states, counties, districts, what have you, where we're seeing these outbreaks are in Trump, Voting areas. I'm just saying. Why you gotta? Why you gotta blow up my? Why you gotta blow up my Twitter? I'm just saying. Blow up your Twitter with that. That's something that you need to put out there to this individual. I'm not even talking about the politics. I know we're not talking about the politics, but that is in response to this political uh, tweet that you received. But but it's weird. But it's weird. It is. It is. I know. Wasn't talking about the politics, but they want to make it about the politics. Yes. Talk about the federal government. It's weird how you're gonna say how something happened in Ohio and only happened in Ohio. But it's because of people who walked across the border yeah. into so, Texas. And, and, I, mean, and so, so I rebut your political response with yet another political response. I see your politics <laughs> and I raise but give you. Give out your Twitter. No. <laughs> well, I was going to say they might have gotten on a bus the Texas governor put them on and then just forgot about after once he let it leave the state. But then it would have shown up in Washington, D.C., right? True. Maybe I'm just it's saying, to what's, what's the connection to Ohio? That that was my thing. If this if this and, story were in Texas, I would say that's a possibility. Yeah. That's a possibility. But for you to say it's because of Mexicans or Venezuelans walking across the southern border that people in Ohio have measles, when none of the people <laughs> in Ohio are immigrants, from what we know, from what we know, from, from what, what we've we read, nor in New York. Were they uh, with the because when they outbreak. talk about an outbreak, they're not talking about an outbreak of just Americans. No, you know, I, I, oh, it's just weird. It's look, just a weird they, response. I would have believed it more 
if it was because immigrants have walked over the northern border into Ohio from Canada. I mean, we're just disregarding basic science here, and that's the problem. If yeah. there's any tie-in, in, you're disregarding basic geography and science, the likelihood that a disease is going to come across the border with an undocumented illegal immigrant and skip over four states in between to only end up in the state of Ohio to infect one particular city and enclave. An enclave of 80-plus children that were all what, Mo? Unvaccinated. unvaccinated. How so about in other words, this being if they, about if vaccination? They were, right. That's what I'm saying. If they were vaccinated, then there's a likelihood that they would not have seen the same numbers. It's not 100% guaranteed. None of the vaccines are. None of them. Even the heritage vaccines. But for you to skip, I mean, literally skip over all those states to just blame illegal immigration and the federal government. That's weird. It's, That's it's, a weird attack. That's why I wanted to to rebut. With give out your own Twitter. A weird no, rebuttal. No, at give Mr. out your That's effed up. That's effed up because the responses only come to me for some. And you know what? They can't tell black people's voices all, they apart. So they just assume <laughs> you said Trump. No, I did not. <laughs> and they will swear up and down. You said it on the John and Ken show. No, I did not. You blamed it on Trump. No, I did not. I didn't even mention anything about the politics or the politicians. I said nothing about that. I said that because we as people politicize the vaccines, the COVID vaccines, as an unintended consequence of that thinking, vaccines overall have gone down as far as number of people being vaccinated. And because of that, we have seen the rise in certain diseases among the unvaccinated. All these diseases that have been uh, popping up, New York, uh, Ohio, and, and elsewhere in the Midwest, these are all cases that have involved unvaccinated children, each and every one. Each and every one of these reports is coming from unvaccinated. That thing needs to be stressed. Look, I mean, I, I wish I could just make up the facts of the story. I wish I could. Because if I could, then I can better um, engage people who are going to disregard geography, who are going to disregard science. If this happened in Texas, we could have that discussion. But we can't have that discussion about what happened in Ohio. We you, can't. You know, it's interesting. Like, one of the reasons that me and my co-parent are all about vaccinating our children is because of the number of parents that we know of in California who do not want to vaccinate their children, who want to send their wait, kids wait, to school you left, and be sick and you all You left that. out something very important. You're also an administrator at a school, and you get to see this, how this impacts oh, other yes. school children. Oh, yes. All the top. I know how this happens. I know how you can have children who are unvaccinated coming in to your school and then being susceptible to any number of viruses and getting super sick and then it hitting your children. Fortunately, yeah, we are smart enough to get our children vaccinated. Okay, before we go to this break, I just want to go first grade geography very quickly, very quickly, assuming these undocumented illegal immigrants walked across the Texas border, they would have to, since they don't have their own cars, presumably. They're walking. Yeah, they're walking. They would have to cross Texas, Arkansas, or Oklahoma, Missouri, then maybe go east into Kentucky, and then up to Ohio. 
to infect just the people in Columbus with no help from anyone. That's a lot of walking. This is the John and Ken Show. Mo Kelly here. KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Keep the feedback coming. I love it. And yes, I am personally responding to you. It's not Tawala who is... Who has reservations about giving out his own Twitter? He'll say whatever on the radio and then say, at Mr. Mo Kelly on social media, like I'm the one who said it. No, go ahead and hit me up on Twitter and let's keep the conversation going. Hopefully, it's polite in nature. Some of you have not been so polite. Uh, Something else I want to talk about as we get closer to the new year. And these are some stories that really blow my mind. TikTok influencer, and this came to me by way of producer Dana. TikTok influencer says men should be ashamed if they they make less than $400,000 a year. And this was a story which came out last week, but I didn't have a chance to get to it. And Dana came to me today and said, Mo, I think you need to talk about this. I said, why should I talk about this? Because people need to hear your perspective on this. I said, they don't need to hear my perspective on this. And then she was emphatic. No, they need to hear your perspective on this. Okay, so I'll give you my perspective on this. Now, first, the whole idea of a TikTok influencer is an oxymoron to me. The, The fact that social media has people who do nothing but sort of influence people by their postings. No, it's just public idiocy. That's all it is. And some people like it. Some people don't. But, Eric, do we have the audio on this dude? Yes. Okay, let's hear this dude. I don't even want to say his name. If, if I made 400 grand a year, I would be embarrassed with myself as a husband, a father, basically as a human being. 400 grand. How do you make sense of $35,000 a month? You guys haven't done the math. You have not done the math because you cannot live on 400 grand a year. Shoo. That, that man is tripping. Wow. I've been living on less than 400 grand a year for all my life. I'm very much alive right now. I'm very much a man, too, and I'm very much unashamed. Mm. Now, if I wanted to make a serious response, it would be something like this. This is a guy knowing the social media world enough to say something seemingly incendiary in nature, inflammatory, ridiculous in nature, and knowing it's going to be picked up by other social media sites, it's going to go viral on social media, and it will end up on radio like now. So good on him knowing how to game the system. If you want to have a serious analysis of what he's saying, if money or amassing a salary or investments of more than $400,000 by definition, made you a better man or made you less ashamed as a man, then by definition, anyone who's wealthy would be worthy of emulating. Anyone in Hollywood would be worthy of emulation. Anyone who's a a politician or elected official Many of them do make more than $400,000 a year through salary and other things. not trying to be flippant. They would be worthy of emulation. Kanye West makes four more than $400,000 a year. Do I need to go further with him? Donald Trump made them more than $400,000. Yes, I said his name. More than $400,000 a year. Does that mean just because he makes more than $400,000 a year that he is worthy of emulation? Just that right there. 
any player in the NBA, any player in the NFL, any player in the National Hockey League, they all individually and collectively make more than $400,000 a year. And this guy, Grant Cardone, says that any man who makes less than $400,000 a year should be ashamed of themselves. Of what? I manage my money pretty damn well, partially because I went through foreclosure back in 2011. I don't live beyond my means. I'm very frugal. I don't have any material vices. In other words, I don't buy clothes just to impress people that I don't know with money I don't have for reasons which don't make any sense. I don't do that. I don't buy shoes or suits as if I'm trying to impress someone. I don't have a very expensive car. I don't even have a car note. I live in a very financial, uh, sensible way financially. I don't need more money necessarily. I'd like more money, but it's not a, a measure of my manhood. It's not a measure of how I feel about myself. And I do okay. Don't get me wrong. I do okay. But at no point do, do I look in the mirror and say, now I'm a real man or now I'm proud of myself because my check is a little bit larger than before. That has never been the case. Now, I, as a man, I always want to feel as if I can provide for my family. That's a different discussion. But that's not even a dollar amount. That's how you live. Being able to provide for your family is, is about being available, being a, a, a model husband, being a model father or father figure. If I weren't those things, then definitely I would be ashamed of myself. But it's not going to be whether I make a certain amount of money in a, in a given year. Uh, there have been some real good years, and there have been some really uh, bad years, for lack of a, a better phrase. I mean, really bad years. And if I tethered my self-worth to my bank account net worth, well, then I probably would have killed myself a long time ago. I'm just being very serious. I, I just can't get caught up in that. I, when I started working here at KFI, true story, I was making minimum wage, part-time. True story. Now, if my self-worth was tied to that, I wouldn't have been here today. And I wouldn't be back tomorrow. And yes, I'm going to be back tomorrow. Haters. So that was Tawala. He said that. Tawala said that. I did not say that. What are you laughing at, Dana? <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, okay. Day three. And I finally said one thing funny. Jay Leno said I said something funny on Monday. And you didn't even laugh. I was laughing. Oh, internally, yeah. right? But not externally. Yeah. I know. That was pretty damn funny. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We should make this the promo that they send out for the rest of the week. Dana laughing at me. And it was a half-assed laugh, too. It was half-hearted. Do it again, Dana. <laughs> yeah, it was just like that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, we're going to isolate that and make that a drop for the rest of the show. <laughs> but, but here's, honestly, Dana, thank you for the story. But we should be able to separate a real statement and something which was said just to get news coverage and conversation. Because no one in their right mind, in their right mind, actually believes that men should be viewed along the lines of how much money they make over and above $400,000 a year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I agree. I agree with you. 
Oh, okay. I wasn't sure for a second because you were laughing. So I didn't know if you were agreeing with me or agreeing with the sentiment of this fool. <laughs> no, I agree with you. <laughs> Are you laughing at me or not? <laughs> no. <laughs> Johnny Ken Show, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. One more time, Dana. <laughs> Bill Cosby is back. Dog. Bill Cosby, if you heard in the KFI News Report, he's eyeing a return to touring next year. In a December 28th radio interview on WGH Talk with host Scott Spears, Cosby answered yes when asked if 2023 is the year he might finally be able to tour again. I say this as someone who worked in the music industry and by extension the touring industry for quite some time. What they're not telling you is just because Bill Cosby wants to tour or plans to tour, it does not mean that he is either secured venues or that he even has the financial backing to pull off a tour. And I know, Twala, you know something about this as well. The money that you need up front as far as deposit, insurance, and a guarantee as far as ticket sales, when you are a person like Bill Cosby who, for the most part, for the most part, is persona non grata. That's pretty daunting. Just because Bill Cosby's saying he's going on tour, he might be doing small little clubs, comedy clubs, and the, and the owner may give him a, a time to do 10, 15 minutes, but he's not, he, he, he's not doing any type of large venues. No, no, no. no. <laughs> this is not like, say, on par with... The Dave Chappelle. Right. He's not doing that. He's not doing any arenas. He's not selling out any venues. This is more a tour based on maybe I'm going to call them small venues who want the spectacle of having Bill Cosby on their on their lineup. The media coverage would be that alone. They want that because no one is shelling out within their right mind. Big money. For Bill Cosby, who I believe is well past his comedy prime. Let's be real. He's 85 years old, and there's probably not a large market to tell to sell to. In other words, who are you selling tickets to? People 50 years old and up? Or, <laughs> or to those individuals who want to come in and see if he's going to say something. You know, individuals who... Are, are as ridiculous as this influencer who insists you have to be making some ungodly amount of money to be a man. Anyone who wants to hear a train wreck on stage, anyone who wants to hear him, if he's going to talk about his freedom or the unjust rulings or whatever he wants to spin it. Yeah. You'll be in the audience for that. Usually comedians in my conversations with them, they talk about using a good five, six months to go out and work on material. Practice the material, see if it works in certain types of audiences in certain cities, small venues, larger venues. And I don't see that here. Now, his representative, Andrew Wyatt, says that Bill Cosby is looking at spring or summer to start touring. Maybe he's going to try to do that in the next three to four months. I don't see where there is the literal or figurative audience. I don't see where there's any clamor or desire for Bill Cosby other than maybe the first concert. Just to, to your point, to see what he'll say, whether he'll address his rape trial uh, and subsequent. Still, there's still legal issues that he's yeah. dealing with. 
he he's not clear in that regard. There's some lawsuits. There's some things that he still has to deal with. And Bill Cosby is not Eddie Murphy. In other words, both legends, one is active, the other is not. Eddie yeah. Murphy is not necessarily active in a stand-up comedy sense, but he's doing movies. He's doing Beverly Hills Cop 4, which is going to be on Netflix. He did Coming to America 2. There's still a desire to see Eddie, and that's my point, if we were to make any type of comparison. I don't know if there's any real desire for Bill Cosby. Can he sell out a coffee house? Sure. I'm sure he could. Yeah. Can he fill up a Starbucks? Can he fill up um, a high school cafeteria? I mean, can he fill up a venue of 100 to 150 people? I'm, 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 I'll give him that. Is that worth what an 85-year-old needs to do? Is that really bring him any money? No, he's touring because he can't get a TV project sold anywhere. There's yeah. no need for an 85-year-old man to be on tour. And his past TV projects have all been pulled from most every network, so he's not getting that residual money nope. at all. He's got bills to pay. He's got a lifestyle that he has to maintain. Will a pile up on the freeway get people to slow down and look at it? Yes, it will. But that's about all this is. I'm a firm believer, and just in case you don't know where I stand on Bill Cosby, uh, the Mo Kelly Show was probably one of the first outlets in the country to speak out against Bill Cosby after the original allegations came out, after the original story of, of the comedian who talked about Bill Cosby's alleged issues on stage. We were the first to talk about it and go in on him. And I'll say now what I said then. You may not believe all 60, 65 women, but for Bill Cosby to be innocent, to to not be a rapist, to not be someone who engaged in sexual assault, we would need to know that every woman and every portion of every allegation was 100% untrue. It's not about whether he raped 30 women. Only need one. And I believe the multitude of women, I don't need to believe every portion of every part of every testimony of every allegation for me to believe that Bill Cosby took advantage of someone. And I just look at the deposition um, in his original Andrea Constand case, which was thrown out, which was part of the reason how he got out of jail, because prosecutors included the deposition and his words when legally they should not have. That's what got him out. He was not um, freed on the merits of the case. It was a technicality. But in that deposition, he made it very clear that he was using these quaaludes to have sex with women with no respect to whether they are aware of whether they were receiving quaaludes or his larger intentions, his words, his words, his exact words, his exact words. And, and also working in, in entertainment, this was, remember how I was talking about Whitney Houston a couple of days ago and how her drug addiction was an open secret, but no one really said anything, did anything because it was Whitney. There were so many people who were making money off of her because of her. It just kept on going. I'm a firm believer it was the same thing with Bill Cosby in the sense of he was such a huge worldwide star pre-internet. The Cosby show was so huge that in many ways he might have been untouchable in the sense of we didn't even have the term date rape or acquaintance rape until the 1990s. 
So people weren't even, cons or even marital uh, rape, those weren't even considerations back during the time in which a, a number of these allegations, uh, the, the incidents, alleged incidents took place. So it took society a long time to catch up to even what Bill Cosby was allegedly doing. But I, I remain, and he's, a, you know, he's welcome to sue me if he wants. I just happen to believe that the multitude of women were talk, telling the truth. And his going back out on tour, it says to me that he has no other way to make money because there's no reason a person of Bill Cosby's caliber and uh, movie and TV history should need to go out on the road to make money unless you are in financial desperation. 85 years old and nobody's clamoring to see Bill Cosby other than wanting to see the first night of the sideshow. It's not like even the comedy community has said, hey, we embrace you, Bill. Why don't you come out on tour with us, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock? We're going to put our arms around you and say, the comedy community loves you. Nobody has. So what does that tell you? This is the John and Ken Show, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. Right, let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.